Hello, I'm John Rossi. I'm a touring drummer with a passion for animal conservation. When I'm on the road, I spend as much time as possible visiting zoos, aquariums, and conservation organizations. Now, I want to share those places with you. I'll be talking to keepers, vets, conservationists, anyone who can help me in my mission of connecting my people to animals through their people. Join me on my raw safari. Hello, 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 and welcome to a very special episode of the Raw Safari Podcast. So in case you don't know, in case you're not following along on Instagram, uh, I recently had an absolutely incredible experience at Buttonwood Park Zoo. And so today I am going to be sharing uh, that experience with all of you. And if you haven't seen it yet, Buttonwood Park and I shared a video that uh, has gone pretty viral so far in two days. It's, it's had over 150,000 views, and that's that's pretty darn good for animal content. Um, and uh, it, it was me drumming with an elephant named Emily. And I'm going to be posting some additional drumming content from that. Uh, I've got some other videos and such that I'll be, be adding on Instagram. So um, if you haven't seen that yet, Stop now and go to at Rossafari on Instagram. Make sure you're following along as you already should be. But and go ahead and watch that video. It's about 30 seconds long and it will set you up to understand uh, this entire episode. It's, it's well worth the 30 seconds. So go do that and then listen or listen and then go do that or just listen because I'll probably explain it all pretty well. But I do think that this is one of those things that the magic of video definitely makes um, even more impressive and and very cool and, and funky. And I, I dig it. I just, I dig it. So, uh, yeah. Um, in fact, this has been so popular that uh, I announced on Instagram that I was going to have some really cool guests coming up, but asked if, uh, if y'all wanted me to push this to the front of the line and the vote was overwhelmingly yes. So, uh, we're going to get to it. But first, a couple of things. Uh, I wanted to remind everyone to make sure you're following along at Raw Safari on all the socials. And uh, if you like what you hear here and would like to support the podcast, you can do so for as little as $3 a month by going to patreon.com slash Raw Safari. Uh, and then just a quick heads up about this episode. It's going to be a little different. So there is an interview, uh, which I will have in here. It's about 15 minutes long. And um Honestly, it's not longer because I was too blown away by the experience I had had. So what I'm going to do in this episode is I'm going to talk you through my experience from how I found out that drumming with elephants might be possible to meeting said elephant, uh, Emily, and then to the drumming experience and kind of what I noticed and, and what I heard and saw um, as a musician trying not to anthropomorphize too much, but also experiencing music with a uh, bandmate who isn't human for the first time ever. Um, and then I'm going to uh, tack that interview on at the end so you can learn more about the uh, the elephants at Buttonwood Park Zoo and their keepers. Don't worry, we even have our normal ending to the show. And if you're new to this, well, I'll let you wait to find out what that is. But uh, yeah, so that's what this episode is going to be. It's going to be fun. It's going to be different. I've never really done one like this before, but I'm excited to get to it. So now I'm going to shut up and get to it. Uh, so here is my time drumming with elephants. Elephants. 
All right. So this story all starts uh, back when I was going up to play Spamalot at Northern Stage in Vermont. Those of you who are regular listeners know that that ended up uh, not happening and with me in the hospital. Yay. But um, I reached out to some facilities in the area at that time, including Buttonwood Park Zoo. And uh, I heard back from Sarah Henry, uh, who is the PR and media contact at the zoo um, and is just a wonderful human. And, uh, you know, Sarah said to come on out. And and even though I did the hospital thing and everything, I was able to set it up for the next time that I was up there. And uh, we set up two interviews and I was pretty excited about both of them. And so I was uh, staying up at Zoe's family's house, and I started the three-hour drive to Buttonwood Park Zoo uh, when I got an email from Sarah about two hours into it saying that both of my interviews had to cancel that day. One had COVID and one had a family emergency. Oh, COVID. I'm amazed I haven't had more issues with this. But of course I understood, um, and I was, I was bummed out. Uh, but I, I reached back out and I said, hey, Sarah, that's totally cool. We can reschedule whenever. But I'm two hours into a three-hour drive to come see y'all. Like, can I still come to the zoo and hang out or whatever? And uh, Sarah responded and said, sure. And she said, as a matter of fact, one of the interviews that I was going to do was with the Red Panda Keepers. And she was like, at the very least, uh, you can you can come and meet Jacob and Marie, the red pandas. And obviously I was not going to say no to that. So uh, I continued my drive and I got there an hour later. Unbeknownst to me, Sarah spent that hour prepping different people for interviews and setting stuff up. And we ended up having a whole day of content gathering that is going to become multiple episodes in the future, including meeting and speaking to uh, one of the red panda keepers. And so um, I was standing in the Red Panda house when I suddenly noticed something. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play you a little clip from that interview. Now, I have one other question before we go out there. And by the way, everyone listening, you should all be very proud of me because I'm being patient and talking rather than just running, squealing to the pandas. <laughs> so you're welcome. Um, I am a professional drummer. That's what I do for a living. <laughs> and I walk into this room and I see a floor tom which is a type of drum with a drumstick on it. And I need to know why my favorite thing other than red pandas is in my favorite thing's habitat, because that's very confusing to me. <laughs> it is very confusing. Uh, well, we were using it for a table. No, that's not, that's not the real reason. I mean, no, no, no. But, but, but to, be, to be fair, half the time that you walk in, if you see me in a rehearsal hall, I've got like an iced coffee sitting on one of my drums or something. Like they make good tables. Yeah. They do. It's really convenient. Um, so when we're not using it, we do use it for the table, but our elephant keepers use this for our elephants. So that's they, so cool. Yeah, they do. Um, the elephants will drum on it and then the keepers will drum on it as well. So. Oh my gosh. That's so cool. They both love it. That's really neat. That's for episode two. Yeah, no, for that's... episode two, we will have you drum with the elephants. Yes, that sounds absolutely incredible. <laughs> that would be amazing, because yeah. Because it's, it's a lot of fun. It's a good experience. Yeah. You really enjoy it. Um, but it, they keep... We have a couple things that they drum on. Besides actual drums, they'll drum on barrels and tubes and stuff like that. So will I. Whatever. <laughs> Drummers, it's what we do. But like, yeah, I'm just... I'm sitting here staring at a drum and a stick in a red panda habitat. And I'm like, have I just... like? That that's everything. You that's die. that's my life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is literally what heaven will be. Buckwood <laughs> Park Zoo, literal heaven. <laughs> <laughs> I like that it. will be our new tagline. 
And so there it was, just a uh, a few weeks later, and I was back doing the episode that magically appeared in a red panda habitat. Because of course it did, because red pandas are magic. But, um, oh, a quick note for everyone listening. Um, you may have noticed the audio on that wasn't the clearest. Uh, all of this stuff was done on cell phone and very last minute, um, because frankly, I didn't even fully realize I'd be doing an interview at this point in time. So uh, it all worked out very well. Um, but you know, not the most pristine audio, but I'm sure you can hear what's going on and, and, uh, it's well worth it for the content. So anyway, that was the birth of this idea. And then it turned out that just a few weeks later, I was going to be back in New England. So I set it up to, uh, go and play some drums with some elephants. So I got to the zoo and uh, Zoe was with me as my official uh, photographer and videographer. And um, we instantly headed back to uh, the behind the scenes outdoor elephant area, uh, kind of the back of the elephant enclosure. And uh, I met Katie and Mike, who uh, are two of the elephant keepers that you're going to be hearing from a little bit later on in this episode. And we instantly just started. It was it was so surreal. I, I had a pair of drumsticks in my back pocket like I used to do in high school, and that felt so dorky. I loved it so much. Um, but yeah, so they brought out a a kick drum, a bass drum, and they 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 kind of laid it on the ground in front of me, not near the elephants. And then Mike went up to this big uh, plastic tub that they have right near the the elephants. Of course, elephants at AZA facilities are protected contact. So this is on the side of a fence. And um, he just started drumming on it, uh, just with his hand, just tapping it. And uh, that got Emily's attention. So she started to come over. All right, so that is Mike drumming on the drum that she has and then holding it up to see if she's interested. That's Mike again. And then I decide to start drumming myself. So as this is happening, you could hear those trumpets of excitement like that. And Emily just starts dancing. There's no other word for it. Her ears start going. Her tail starts sticking straight out and wagging like a dog in the most adorable way. And it's just beautiful. I love every second of this. She is clearly having a blast, and I'm also having an absolutely incredible time. And then she actually starts tapping along with me on her enclosure. She is drumming on her enclosure with her trunk right along with me. And even though you can't hear it, it was adorable to see. However, I do realize she's not actually drumming along on a drum, so I start to calm down here. Seems like a good idea. She's still really dancing and having fun, though. And then I realize this isn't quite working, so I decide to stop. 
And that is when they tell me that uh, Emily will do it as a call and response. So me sitting and drumming for a minute plus while she was enjoying it wouldn't get her to uh, drum with me. So I started up again and this happened. Did you hear that? Emily drummed after I drummed. It was the coolest thing that has ever happened in my entire life, and I was losing my mind. So, um, yeah, after that, and with me understanding a little bit more of what we were doing now, we decided to head to the front of the exhibit where, um, you know, people that were there could enjoy it, and we would have a little better view for uh, videos and all of that kind of stuff. So we uh, carried the drum and sticks, and yes, Emily has her own sticks. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, but uh, we, we headed up to the front of the exhibit, and uh, put the drum down and I got down on my knees and we started to rock out. I played for a couple measures and then it was Emily's turn. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's good drumming. Now I need you to picture we are no longer on separate instruments. The bass drum is what we are both playing. So this is me coming back in now. And uh, sorry about the wind, but yeah, this is uh, this is me playing on the same drum that Emily was playing on. I kept putting in little pauses in case she wanted to drum or vocalize more. And as you heard, sometimes she did. And then she would wait a little bit and get to it herself. And back to me. Hopefully you can tell the difference between me and an elephant drumming. It is my job, but hey. Sorry, Emily, didn't mean to insult you there. We're both very talented. By the way, in case you can't tell, I am cutting these down a little bit and killing some of the dead time because um, elephants very much move at their own pace. And it was really awesome, but uh, doesn't make for the world's best podcast sound, even though the videos are adorable. Um, so, yeah. So uh, the next thing that happened I thought was really interesting. I would find out later on that Emily normally will only tap with her keepers a few times each. It's a real quick back and forth and then she's done and she walks away. I did not know that at the time, but uh, after our last interaction, Emily came up and tapped one more time, and then she started to walk away. And um, there's a thing with, with drummers where um, if we think we're losing the audience, we, we tend to start to play uh, a little bit too much. It's, it's traditionally called overplaying in a band, but uh, when you're by yourself, you can't really overplay. So um, all joking aside, I decided that I thought it would be interesting to see if Emily responded to more complex rhythms. And so uh, this next clip starts with her playing and then starting to walk away. And I'll kind of talk you through what happened a little bit. So after those three hits where I tried to do a call and response with her, playing what she had played, she started to walk away. So I decided to do this. And it was adorable. Emily froze and then started to walk back. 
again, doing that. And also with her tail wagging and ears going just like at the beginning again. So I was like, hey, Emily, Emily, don't walk away. I'm a really good drummer and I want to play the drums with you more. And so can we still be friends, please? To which she said... And that was so fascinating to me. Not only did the more complex rhythms bring her back, but she also played for longer than she had at any point up until then. And as you can hear from this point on, we were back to the races for a little bit, doing our duet thing again. It was really special. And even though she wasn't playing in these moments that I was, she was dancing and her ears were going and the tail was going and all the things. She was doing the forehead vibration thing you'll hear more about later. Um, You know, you could tell she was into it. Plus, she kept doing that, which is adorable. So at this point, Emily walked away in the other direction and I thought that we were done. But then she was pointing at something, and it turns out that Emily has another drum that lives at the front of the exhibit, and she was pointing and asking for that drum. So they decided to pull that drum out and put it down for her. Katie, one of the elephant keepers, started to bang on that, quote, drum, which is uh, actually a big metal trough. I don't really know what it is, but it was a big metal thing um, that was was pretty cool, and it sounded like this. Katie stopped drumming, and uh, Emily started to move her trunk all around the drum, um, not interested in playing it right away, but uh, in fact trying to see if there were any food morsels or treats that she could pop into her mouth. She tried a couple times, but it, uh, it did not work. But upon realizing that there were no snacks there, Emily decided that she could actually use the drum as, you know, a drum. There you go. So now I'm doing a two-instrument duet with an elephant. At this point, she seemed to lose a bit of interest again, so I decided to try to be the annoying drummer who, uh, you know, does a lot of cool stuff to try and get her attention again. Uh, and she went up to Mike and reached her trunk out and, and tried to get some love from Mike. So uh, Mike is one of her keepers, of course, and he, uh, he was interacting with her trunk a little bit, and um, I got jealous, and so I started to play some more. And again, as I got more complex, she got interested and she pulled her trunk back from Mike and she uh, started to walk back over to me and rewarded me with this little uh, adorable sound. So by now I had started to realize that Emily, as I mentioned earlier, was really reacting when I played more complex rhythms. 
So I decided to really go for it. During all of this, I am really, you know, playing more complex drum stuff, not pausing to let her in at first um, because she just seems to be enjoying it. And I don't know. I just I wasn't getting the vibe that she wanted to play, but that she was really enjoying the music that I was playing. So I played for quite a stretch here, as, as you can hear. And then the most magical thing happened. She reached her trunk through the fence like she did when she played and she started feeling around the drum which she would always do before she played but then she held her trunk up directly to my face yeah i talked into her trunk like it was a microphone i don't know but as you can hear then she started drumming again so of course i started drumming again yay friends and I guess another thing I need to point out um, is that this whole time we were making incredible eye contact. Like, we were bonding. It was awesome. At this point, she actually reached out and pulled the drum closer to her. <laughs> and then she played some more. And this time she left her trunk on the drum, so I started tapping on it. She seemed to enjoy the vibrations, but then she reached her trunk up again and put it right at my face. And sadly, I don't have good audio of this because the wind got really crazy, but um, it, it, there was a trunk in my face. And I have this rule that I'll never, ever, ever just reach out and touch an animal without permission uh, when I'm meeting them at zoos or whatever. And, um, you know, I, I want to be respectful. Uh, but imagine the insane joy on my face when... Uh, Emily reached out and uh, Katie said it was okay. And so I reached up and touched her trunk. And uh, we interacted while staring right into each other's eyes. And she was feeling all over my hands. And uh, it was it was absolute magic. And uh, then she pulled back. So I started to play the drums again. And it was around this time that it became clear to me that Emily was starting to get bored with drumming, even though she was still interested in my playing. Uh, I tried to get her to engage, and it just wasn't going to happen anymore, which was fine. And then Zoe said this. I think she wants your drumsticks. She does have her own drumsticks. <laughs> so it turns out that Emily can actually hold a drumstick in her trunk and play, although she doesn't like to do that nearly as much as just playing with her trunk. So I offered her a drumstick and she took it into her trunk, held it up high and dropped it, clearly showing no interest and looking exactly like, uh, you know, when somebody does a mic drop. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so Mike picked up the drumstick and tapped a couple times to remind her how to do it and then handed it to her again. And she did the exact same mic drop thing again. <laughs> so I decided to play one more time here to see if she would engage again. And uh, she was dancing around. And then her trunk came out and she reached for my hand again. So we held hands for a little bit, which was pretty adorable. And then she reached out for Mike. And then she found leaves on the ground. 
And once she discovered the leaves on the ground, she undiscovered me and the drum. Uh, Our time was up, but uh, like I said, it had maintained her interest for so much longer than it normally does. And uh, we had gone really deep on it all. It was it was really cool. Um, And then uh, she kept eating leaves on the ground and I stood up and remembered why I don't like kneeling for like a half hour. Um, And then uh, Mike let me and Zoe feed Emily, which was amazing. It was really cool to interact with her and spend some time with her and have truly bonded with her. Like, I feel such a strong connection with Emily and the way she was looking at me, I truly believe that she felt it as well. It was really amazing, and I really want to go back and do it again, and I've even had thoughts about, like, some little things that we could try to make it even more enriching for her, bringing a second drummer, having a couple of different drums, and playing with different tones. I don't know. I have thoughts. But, um, yeah, I just really wanted to share this experience with all of you because it was it was magical. It was really, really special and really amazing, uh, and I'm super grateful to everyone at uh, Buttonwood Park Zoo for making this happen. So, um, yeah, I guess the next thing here is I'm going to now play an interview that I did uh, with the two keepers after we did all of this uh, that describes some of what we did and, and some of how they take care of the elephants. And we'll let you learn a little bit more about the elephants at the zoo there. And, um, yeah, then I'll, I'll come back with a uh, finale after that. Uh, this interview was also recorded uh, outside of the um, back in the, the behind the scenes area again. So we still get some wind and such. But uh, but, yeah, I, I think you'll enjoy this one. So here you go. There's going to be a lot of Buttonwood Park Zoo on on the podcast, but this this might be my favorite uh, bit of it all. So, um, yeah, uh, let's start off by y'all telling me who you are and uh, what you do here. I'm Mike, and I'm a zookeeper here, and I work with elephants in our North America West area. And I'm Katie, and I'm also a zookeeper, and I kind of do the same exact thing that Mike does, work with the elephants and the North America West, which is like cats and white-tailed deer and a lot of waterfowl. Nice, but you do it with purple hair, so you're winning. Yeah, um, very cool. So um, let's just get right to what just happened, and then we'll, we'll learn a little bit about uh, y'all more. But um, I just played the drums with an elephant, and I, I'm so taken aback by that, and and it was beautiful and awesome. Um, but also, I know that a lot of my listeners are um, going to have the thought of, why are you drumming with an elephant? You know, this isn't a naturalistic behavior. So can you guys explain how this is actually enriching for the elephants and, and why that makes sense? Uh, with Emily, it's really just the social interaction portion of the drumming. She really likes interacting with people. So if there's any sort of percussion or just people out there talking to her, she's she's really all about it. Um, we're not really sure where the behavior started. So Emily's about 58 years old. She's been at the zoo since 1968. And as far as anybody can remember, she's always done this and she just really enjoys it. I mean, that's absolutely incredible. And I also really enjoyed it. Um, were you able to read anything from body language? Like I know when we first started, it was just me playing and she wasn't participating. But uh, you both commented that she seemed to really be enjoying the music, which uh, I'll take any audience I can get at this point. But um, what, like, how could you tell that? Talk to me a little bit about that. Um, so she had her ears kind of straight out so you could tell she was listening. Um, and then as she got closer, you could see her forehead kind of rumbling. Um, so that was, um, that's a vocalization she does with that forehead. And oh, wow. it's, it's a happy, content, 
um, type of communication. So she really liked what you were doing. And then her tail was way like straight out, which is also, she's happy. She's excited. Um, and then she did do a little bit of urination, which is also the same. excitement. That's fair. I pee when I get excited too. Yeah, that's fair. No, that's so cool. That's, that, that's so meaningful to me that, that like, yeah, and she enjoyed it and you could tell, and that's awesome. Um, and, and talk about the, the two different ways that she drums because she has two different techniques that she uses. We only saw one today, but she does have two. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, she'll uh, tap with her trunk. Um, usually without drumsticks, but she also knows how to tap with drumsticks too. But she usually prefers to do it without the drumsticks. If she is offered a drumstick, sometimes she'll use that and kind of tap with the, the drumstick as well. But um, usually it's, it's without. We've noticed she taps with her tail too at times. Um, it, we've noticed that in the barn on like the poles. She'll do it like she's drumming, but with her tail. That's so cool. That's so interesting. Do you do you know offhand if there have been any? And I'm I'm completely spitballing here, but any studies about elephants and rhythm with their communication or anything like that? Like I've learned some animals, like gibbon song, is very like music theory based. And and I'm just curious if if you've heard anything like that. And if not, I'll look and see if there's anything before I post this. But I'm just curious because obviously I'm fascinated by rhythm and elephants. Yeah. I can't think of anything personally. Yeah, I know they do all sorts of studies with uh, elephant behavior, but I've never heard of that. Interesting. That's really, really cool, though. This was this was so much fun. I feel like I'm, like, thrown right now. Anyone who listens regularly is going to be like, wow, he's all over the place. And you know what? You're right. I am, and I'm, I'm okay with it. Um, so, all right. So, let, let's talk about uh, the two of you. Um, how did you get here? Tell me about your career. What got you interested in animals? You know, give me all that good stuff. Uh, so I've been at the Buttonwood Park Zoo for about 13 years. Um, I actually started volunteering here a long time ago. And then I was offered a job here and I've been here ever since. I grew up around a lot of animals. My dad's an equine vet. And um, yeah, I worked on a dairy farm for six years. And that was most of my animal experience until I got here. And then I've been here for 13 years. So Elephants the whole time or have you moved around? Um, moved around a lot in the beginning. It's been mostly elephants for the past six or seven years. Uh, but I've also worked with uh, large cats, the, a lot of waterfowl, and I've moved around the zoo, so I've done pretty much every area at the Buttonwood Park Zoo now. Red pandas. Don't let him forget. Yeah. He also does red pandas. <laughs> red pandas are very important. So let's turn this to red pandas. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, but very cool. And how about you? Um, so I went to school nearby at UMass Dartmouth. Um, and while I was there, I interned here at the same time. And uh, I was lucky, like, right when I graduated, there was a temporary position that was available. So I was able to get a job here. And then that turned into a permanent position. So now I've been here uh, probably 12 and a half years. Um, and my background with animals is I've just always loved them as a child. Um, I had pets and things like that. Um, and my father was an animal lover, so I think he really kind of instilled that in me as well. Um, but I started in the rainforest building before it was rainforest was an aquatics building. So I started there and worked with the seals and then have kind of evolved into working more with land mammals like elephants and the cats that we have and the hoofstock. And I don't really do aquatics anymore, but that's fine. I love the areas I'm in now. <laughs> 
Hard not to, as an elephant staring at us as we do all of this. Um, so, okay, well, let's uh, let's find out about the, uh, the the two individuals here. Tell me about the the elephants. All right, so Emily has been here since 1968. Uh, we got her from Southwick Zoo. Um, she is about 58 years old now. Uh, we're not sure exactly where she came from originally before Southwick, um, but she was most likely born in Asia but not in the wild, and then she was brought over here and... Ruth, she's about 64, so she's currently the second oldest elephant in AZA right now. So she is quite old, and she was originally at Benson's up in New Hampshire, and then she was bought by a, by a private owner. We didn't treat her very well, so she was confiscated in 1986, and she was brought here to be a companion with Emily. Interesting. And I know that, um, you know... Uh, elephants are relational creatures. So can you talk about um, their relationship to each other, but also to the, the staff here? Yes. So elephants in the wild live in family herds. So it's usually all females that are related in some way. Um, and so these two aren't related. So they have sort of a different relationship than they would if they were in the wild. Um, so we always kind of refer to them as like siblings that... Sometimes they want to be together and they're fine. And then sometimes they're like, I need my space from you. Um, and Emily has been here. Well, before Ruth came, she was, <laughs> she was here by herself for several years. So she really grew to love the human staff that work here and kind of uh, gravitates more to people than elephants. So um, when Ruth came here... Uh, she's got more of an elephant background. She's had more socialization with other elephants. So um, Ruth was like, I, I like you, Emily. You're an elephant. And Emily's kind of just like, mm. <laughs> I like people. So, yeah, Emily's kind of a people elephant. And Ruth is like, she's an elephant, but she does like people, too. Very fair. Very fair. Um <laughs> I, I'm watching as as we're about to have some interaction here between between the two, maybe. Um, oh, this is just so cool. So, uh, you know, I'm curious, obviously, drumming, but what other types of enrichment are you able to provide for the elephants here? Uh, so here we tend to do a lot of browse and social interaction. Um, we will try to give them uh, different essentially puzzle feeders. So we had a great program at the zoo uh, a little while ago where students would come up with these puzzle feeders and <laughs> we would give them to the elephants at the end of the semester. So we have things out on the habitat right now, like uh, different food dispensers that the elephants have to manipulate to get the treats out. So things like that. And um, yeah, browse, browse is definitely a big part of our enrichment program. Uh, especially this time of year as the, the leaves start to fall off. It does get a little bit more sparse, but we will offer them different browse throughout the winter too. Very cool. Um, I, you know, I'm curious. I know that uh, it's, I don't know how long ago it was, but elephants used to be free contact and now are protected contact. And since these are older elephants and since they have the relationships with uh, humans, with, with y'all, um, I'm curious, was that a hard change here? And how did the elephants, you know, deal with it? And how do you, you know, did the staff here deal with it? I don't know if y'all were here for that part of it or not, but uh, I, I'm curious. I'd love to hear any thoughts on that. Uh, yeah, the, the change was pretty gradual for us, luckily. Um, we had to change some things in the barn just 
to make it a little bit easier for us to take care of them in a protected contact setting. But the elephants were actually really good about it. And you know, we had to step up our training game with them a little bit, but I feel like they made the, the adjustment pretty well and it actually went pretty smoothly, I would say. That's awesome. Very cool. Uh, and I'm, um, man, I keep getting distracted by elephants, which like is a fair reason to be distracted. But uh, yeah. Um, so are there any uh, elephant conservation organizations that y'all are fans of that you'd like to give a shout out to? Yeah, I think we've done like Elephant Aid International. Yeah. We've donated them money and they were able to purchase a scale to for like wild elephants there. Nice. I just went to a conference with the, some of the folks from AES were there. So that was really cool to talk to them. And they did a nice presentation too. So. It's time for... Interrupting. 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 Interrupting John. All right, team. So I am here to tell you what AES is, which is Asian Elephant Support, a U.S. nonprofit foundation dedicated to the care and conservation of Asian elephants in their range countries and to the people whose lives are intertwined with this magnificent and endangered species. You can learn more about them and also uh, read the thing that I just said for yourself, uh, along with more, uh, by going to AsianElephantSupport.org. And now, back to the interview. Very cool. Um, how do you, like, health check and weigh elephants? Because I don't know if y'all know this, but they, they are big. Yeah. We've got a really big scale that <laughs> it's really heavy for us to lift and put. We have a chute inside the barn that they'll walk into, so it's perfectly set up for us to put the scale in um it's just a couple of different pieces but they're massive um so it takes a few people to set it up but these guys are really food motivated as you can see um so usually it doesn't take very long to have them step up on the scale if you've got like a bucket of treats they're very willing to participate and once they understood what we wanted them to do it's it's been a breeze every time we need to weigh them that's really cool. What about for vet stuff? If if something happens or if you're concerned about their health or even just I'm sure they get checkups at some point. So how does all of that work? Yeah, our vet staff is very involved with these guys with everything from training for different procedures to just coming up for, for checks. And that's really important, especially as they get older. Um, they tend to develop a lot more problems as they get older. So Ruth has had her share of foot issues that just they tend to develop with older elephants. So she... Uh, yeah, we do. Um, I mean, a lot of their training is based around different behaviors that help us take better care of them, too. So they're trained to pick up all their feet. They're trained to lean in and present different parts of their bodies. Um, yeah, they're, we can pretty much do everything we need to with these guys for, for health checks. And usually they're all about it because they like the socialization and they also like the, the rewards that we offer during training. Very cool. It's time now, don't you know? We've come to the end of the show. But there's one tale left to go. You're gonna laugh and say, oh no. It's time for the Rossipari poop story. Who wants to go first? I can. This <laughs> one happened on Saturday. <laughs> so, and it was with Ruth. Um, so, she... Sometimes she doesn't really like when little animals come into her enclosure, like squirrels or rabbits. So 
she sometimes will try to chase them or she'll trumpet at them or just tell them, get out of here, throw stuff at them. So this time, I saw her throw her own poop at the squirrel. <laughs> she didn't make contact with it, but it was just amazing how high it went. <laughs> and she did it twice. So it was like she just launched them as she's running the way she runs, which right. isn't very fast, but <laughs> trying to, you know, tell the squirrel to get out of here. But it was great. So, yeah. <laughs> amazing. How about you? Well, I, I did pick up a sandhill crane that had been nesting. And they tend to just hold their poop when they're sitting on a nest. And when I picked her up, she kind of let it all out all over me. <laughs> so that was a pretty gross day. Yeah, sure. that's a good one. What, did, did you have a change of clothes or were you just... I had a change of clothes. Okay, well, that's good. That's good. I bet you never feel clean, though, after yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you all so much for this opportunity and for taking the time to talk a little bit. I appreciate it. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thanks for coming. Yeah, thank well, I hope that gave you all a little idea of how amazing this experience was for me. I was, uh, was talking to a friend recently about putting this episode together, and I said I kept delaying doing it and, and kind of putting it off. And I realized that the reason I was doing that was because I truly felt like once I put this out into the world, um, then it was going to give a little bit of finality to the experience. Like the video is taking off online and people are loving it, but like, I don't know, I've had all these thoughts and all these random just memories from it and ideas of how to use this to help enrich other animals' lives and and how to go back and work with Emily again if they would let me and and all that stuff. And I don't know, it just, now it feels so final. It feels so real. This was my drumming with elephants experience in, you know, a 45 minute podcast. Um, and that's, that's weird. And I don't know if that makes sense to, to anyone other than me and my stupid brain, but, um, yeah, I've had a lot of incredible memories with this podcast. Uh, and I know that I use the word favorite a lot and get made fun of for that a lot, but, uh, this was definitely one of my all time favorite experiences doing this podcast. I cannot believe that I got to play the drums with elephants. That's insane to me. Um, and that connection and looking up at those eyes and seeing an elephant dance and pee in excitement because of my playing. You know, I've often talked uh, to people, and I think I've said it on here a couple of times, that the two things that I love the most about drumming, one is that it is very collaborative. You know, you don't see people out just playing the drums by themselves like you do an acoustic guitarist who can sing or whatever. Um, and it really felt like Emily and I were collaborating just like that. It was it was different, but um, especially this whole idea of trading off was just really cool. And I, I, you know, if you were listening carefully, you might have heard that sometimes she would play and then I would start the next thing based off of what she had played. And um, I don't know, it was just a really cool way to connect with uh, a different species over something I love. And um, the other thing that I really love about drumming is that it it's a background instrument most of the time that enriches what the other people are doing. So a really good drummer can make an amazing guitar solo even more amazing, or a great singer reach new heights, or a, a full band be propelled forward because of what you play. And um, in a weird sort of way, that's what it felt like being an enrichment item for an elephant. You know, they're so smart and they're, they're so interested in the world around them. And uh, I knew that I was elevating that elephant's experience in the moment. And the fact that I got the two things that I love the most from drumming 
from drumming with an elephant. Uh, yeah, that was a lot. That was a lot, y'all. Uh, there were definite tears in my eyes uh, during some of that. I, I still can't believe the whole experience happened. But it did, and now you've heard about it, so that's cool. Uh, anyway, um, I want to say thank you one more time to everyone at Buttonwood Park Zoo. And y'all, we've got some episodes coming up before the Buttonwood episodes, but there's going to be a lot more content from this incredible zoo, and I cannot wait to share it with y'all. So uh, until then, and until our next episode, uh, we'll be doing a Zoo News on Friday, of course, and then on Tuesday, releasing the episode with Rick Schwartz from the San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance, uh, a big get and someone I'm excited to share with y'all. I hope y'all have a wonderful couple of days. I I hope this made you feel even half as good as it made me feel. And uh, don't forget, friends, the word credits backwards is Stiderk. The Rossafari Podcast is produced, hosted, and engineered by John Rossi. Editing and fact-checking by John and Dr. Zoe Vesley-Gross. Our theme song is Sevens by Nathan Burke, performed by Nathan and John. Interrupting John theme and additional voices by Taylor Isaac Gray. You can reach John directly on Instagram and Facebook at Rossafari or by email at rossafaripod at gmail.com. Rossafari is part of the Daydreamer Media Network. Now, stop listening to me and go visit a zoo.